And we are live. It's Kiddush Club News for Jews podcast. And I think we like starting off with some kind of sad news. Yes. Uh, the, pa- the passing of Ravaren Schechter. Yes, I love it. Um, very sad. I mean, I was there to see him a few times. Uh, 95 years old. Yes. And he led Chaim Berlin for decades. Yes. Yes, he was a, a Gadol Batayra. It was a tremendous hit to Klai Yisrael. Uh, and I mean, there's nothing, unfortunately, that we could do at this point except really take him as an inspiration for us to get better. And listen, it's El, so this is the time. And it's not a coincidence that this is happening in El because it's a time of introspection. And I hope you're introspecting. <laughs> because if you're yeah. not, I'm just going to say this, I can assist with it. Listen, I, I got it covered. I think I have it under control, more or less. You know, listen, Rosh Hashanah's coming. Yes, it is. And we're going to keep saying that until Rosh Hashanah comes. <laughs> well, you know what happens at Rosh Hashanah? What? I mean, aside from Rosh Hashanah, we go into season four. Really? Yeah. That's the season break? Is that's, that where we break the seasons? That's always how we break the seasons. Rosh okay. Hashanah and listen, season four. It's very fitting for a Jewish podcast because... You know, we're a Jewish podcast. We should start at the new year, the Jewish new year. Exactly. Uh, and listen, it's a new year. And one of the things we say on Rosh Hashanah is that, you know, this this bad year should end. A good year should start. And uh, I could think of so many reasons and so many things that applies to. And we're going to talk about a lot of them. I mean, the truth of the matter is we could spend this entire episode just talking about what's going on with Trump. But I don't think our listeners want to just hear about that, so we're going to have to cover everything. But there is a lot. There is a lot. Well, I do want to. I do want to get to that picture. The mugshot. The mugshot. The mugshot was like you cannot have a mugshot come out better than than he did. Yeah. So it, it, there's no way that that was just random. He was for sure staring at himself in a mirror, and he must have done it ten thousand times, just <laughs> staring at himself. Staring at himself, you, you know. But you know why? You know why that's not true? Because nobody could have guessed the angle of that camera. Well, it doesn't matter. Why? It was. A, it, was of a head, it, it was a head-on shot. It was a headshot. No, the camera was up. Above, like yeah. all the right, all the other people that got mug shots, like Rudy Giuliani and like Mark Meadows, they they didn't even know where the camera was, and they were looking straight ahead, and the camera was kind of above their heads. Right. Trump, for some reason. Because he's a, he's, a master, he's a master entertainer. But he he nailed it perfectly. Yep. Not only did he nail it perfectly, but in the 24 hours after that mugshot was taken, they sold $7 million worth of merch. Trump mugshot merch, which is but crazy. Also, didn't they just raise money for their campaign? They did. Well, they're constantly doing it, but I, I forget the exact number, but a huge chunk of the donations that the trump campaign is pulling in is actually going to pay for his legal bills which is crazy which means anyone who donates money to the trump campaign is actually just paying for his legal bills at this point something like but how is 70%. that allowed whoa how is that um legal that doesn't sound right if I'm, I'm donating to the campaign to help get him elected i don't want to be paying his legal bills so i i don't know i'm not a lawyer i, I didn't look at the law if i had to guess i would say the following this money that you're giving is to help get him elected. If he has these legal troubles, he will not be able to get elected. His elect- electability would go down. Uh, it would cause problems with his campaign. So technically, this money can be said to be helping further the case for Trump being president, right? He can't be president with these legal challenges. So they have to use the money to make sure their candidate is 100% ready. Okay, I think I understand that. And just for the record and to make things clear, I have not donated any money to the Trump campaign. <laughs> and if you're considering donating money to the Trump campaign, maybe donate that money to Kiddush Club. Buy us a coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so definitely don't be giving Trump the uh, the money. Well, I mean, we're not, we're not getting political here. We're just saying there are better ways to spend it. You, you know, you might be a, a huge Trump supporter. There's better ways to spend your money. That's all we're saying. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there was a whole, I mean, the media was in an uproar about not just the mugshot, but also about how he filled out his height and his weight. Yeah. I, first of all, I would think that that they would take his weight and, 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 and measure him, but apparently it's not a doctor's office. So you just fill that in. Right. So, so he filled in 
He filled in that he's six foot three and that he weighs 215 pounds. That's right. Now, I, I don't know if you know <laughs> what a six foot three person is supposed to weigh, but I don't think it's anywhere near 215 unless you are like a lanky basketball player. That's right. Exactly right. I, I actually saw an article where it was comparing him to like other famous people who were six foot three and 215 pounds. The first one on their list is Muhammad Ali who's a famous <laughs> one of the most famous boxers in the prime of his career he was six foot three 215 uh joe burrow i don't know who he is but he's a quarterback for the cincinnati Bengals. you mentioned basketball he's a quarterback he's six four and 215 uh derwin james he's a safety on the los angeles chargers and he's six foot two one inch shorter and 215 <laughs> these are all lanky super you know prime guys and here's actually a basketball player, Eric Gordon. He's a shooting guard for the Phoenix Suns. He's 6'3", 215 pounds. He does not look like Donald Trump. Well, the good part about it is, is that we have actual White House records that show his actual height and weight. I'm not sure about the height, but I know that his weight when he was president was 243 pounds. That's right. Now, and now that seems and a little more accurate. Visually has gotten heavier since leaving the White House. But he's doing less work, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, But you know what? I got to say something. If I was in his position, I would have done exactly the same thing. Why? I will never. I can't even tell you how much I weigh. If you ask me right now, I will not tell you the truth. I will lie. And, I, and I'm not embarrassed to say that, okay? So you would rather admit that you're lying than admit to your actual weight 100 percent. because now you have to guess you have to figure out you don't know but if trump wrote in the thing six foot three 320 pounds you know what i'm saying everyone's laughing now we're laughing is that, wait, is, is that your estimation are you going with 320 pounds no because I, I don't think he's that heavy but I, I would say he's 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 maybe 260 maybe maybe hmm. more maybe 280 even no he's yeah. not 280 he's a big dude look at him but also, is he really 6'3"? That's another question. <laughs> right? And if you've never seen him in person, you can't really tell from pictures. I mean, look, he's tall. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no question. You see him, you know, you see him in pictures with other people. Um, I mean, a general Google search will say that he's 6'3", but we don't know. But I think as every inch gets you another 10 pounds if you're a man, something like that, they say. But either way, I mean, there's no way. He's got to be, he's at least 260. Let's say that. He's at least 260. That, that's, where I'm, okay. that's where I'm going. With. It's somewhere around. It's, you know what it's not? It's not 215. No, definitely not. Definitely not 215. And also, you know, his, uh, his trial dates have been set, actually. You know, his team was pushing to have the trials postponed, like, for, like, two years. Uh, but, no, the judges wouldn't have it. Uh, one trial is set for March 4th. That's the day before Super Tuesday where the 15 states have their primaries on that Tuesday. So the day before is the first trial. Now, I mean, look, is there election interference? Is there not? We don't know. But this doesn't look too good. You know, the optics of it are not great. Uh, optics? It's like third world country. That's what this feels like. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, March 25th, that's his trial in New York City. And May 20th, is the uh, do the classified documents case? I'm surprised none of them are on November fourth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? This just feeds into. It's almost like they they're pushing to make sure Trump gets wins the primary because the more they do stuff like this, the more even moderate Republicans get angry and say, you know what? I'm going to vote for Trump. Just because you're doing this, you want us not to vote for him? You want to try to stifle him? I'm going to vote for him just for that. And we, we know he's going to be you know, very difficult to elect. And uh, as we've mentioned, we, well, we disagree on this, but uh, he's going to be very difficult to elect as a Republican. And whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you want there to be a fair fight. And this doesn't look like a fair fight. No, but I also think that they, whoever they is, have not come to terms with the fact that they are only helping his cause. Yes. No, I think they did come to terms with it, and they are doing it on purpose because they want him to be the nominee. They know that him, go, him against Biden, Biden wins. Biden against DeSantis, I think, becomes a very a much harder win for them. 
Interesting. So, so they want him to be the nominee. Once he's the nominee, then they blow him out of the water. Well, a lot of people are also looking at Nikki Haley to be the nominee. Well, she got a little bit of bum from the debates, um, and we could talk a little bit about the debates. Uh, there was, a, I mean, there was a lot going on in those debates. Uh, so Nikki Haley actually did really, really well. Uh, DeSantis, I felt, did okay. I did watch the debates. Uh, I think Ramaswamy really was really dominating the stage for a lot of it, but Ramaswamy threw me for a loop when he got into the Israel thing. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I did see that, and it was sounded like he was, I don't want to say cutting ties or wanting to cut ties with Israel, but it wasn't uh, diplomatic enough for me. Yeah, he, he tried to walk it back a little bit, uh, but I, I, you know, it definitely hit me the, the wrong way. Basically, Nikki Haley was uh, hitting him on Israel and, and his stance, and he basically said that by 2028, he wants to stop funding Israel because he wants that he believes they should be uh, self-sufficient. But you know what? That's what every anti-Semite says. You know, why is everybody so hung up on the, the few billion dollars that goes to Israel? What about the billions that go to Egypt? What about the billions that go to Jordan, that go everywhere else in the Middle East? What about the billions that go to, to uh, you know, countries in Africa, South America? America's throwing money at all these countries, and yet Israel is the focus. So the fact that he focused on Israel, he lost my vote. Not that I was voting for him or whatever, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to hear that from him. Yeah, I get you. And uh, Mike Pence, by the way, here's a soundbite for you. Listen to this one from Mike Pence. I remain confident, more confident after Wednesday night that the Republican nominee will not be the former president, that we're going to give the American people a standard bearer uh, for the GOP that's going to be able to lead us to victory against Joe Biden uh, and, and the radical left. Well, that sounds pretty presumptuous. I mean, like he knows that it's not going to be Trump. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he was his VP. It's a little weird hearing that from him. But, you know, the, the two of them are on the outs. You know, for, yeah, I mean, for I think reasons. that's known. Yeah. yeah. January 6th has torn them apart. Exactly. So Pence is not a Trump fan, but should I tell you who is a Trump fan or who, who are Trump fans? Uh, seems to be some American Arabs. Did you see that video? <laughs> no. Could you play it right now? Because I missed it. <laughs> Let me play it for you. Trump 2024. Arab for Trump this year. Take this crooked Biden. He don't know how to walk. He don't know how to talk. Take him out 2024. Let's go, everybody. Arab for Trump. Arabs for Trump. I, I like it. I, I, I can get behind that slogan. It was pretty surprising to see this because the general feeling is that the Arabs don't like Trump. You know, they, they, they tried to say that he had the Muslim ban, et cetera, et cetera. So when I saw that, it was I, I wasn't sure if it was like a joke or not, but I think it's real. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I'm still unsure if that's legitimate because, you know, the accent sounds a little heavy, a little right placed right exactly so yeah i wasn't i wasn't totally sure well anyway uh trump's trials are coming uh and according to his lawyer he doesn't need to prep he doesn't need a lot of prep <laughs> wait like what does that mean <laughs> i actually saw this on yeshiva world I, I i hadn't seen it in the mainstream news but uh you know everybody's saying well how's he going to run for president you know he's going to be working full time on you know on his trials and this this uh lawyer said no he actually doesn't need to prepare that much he has the ability to quote unquote wing it i'll read to you one of the lines quote if it was a normal person honestly i could understand the concern President Trump is not your average person. He's incredible, incredibly intelligent, and he knows the ropes. He also knows the facts because he he lived them. These are not complicated facts. Did he write that and give it to the lawyer? Because <laughs> he's not the regular average person. He's incredibly intelligent. Tell them I'm intelligent. <laughs> but I have to tell you something. No, I thought that he meant that it's such an open shut case that I don't even need to prepare. But that's clearly not what he means. He means that, but he, she said both things. She said that, but she also says that he's since he's uber intelligent, he doesn't need to prepare. You right. need to prepare. He doesn't need to prepare. Okay, if that's true, he's going to be behind bars <laughs> if he's not preparing because there's no way that you could 
have multiple trials and get away with all of them without any preparation. So I'm just going to say but that. I, I, I think that it means that like when you live the facts and you're really there just to say the truth and what what occurred and you think you did nothing wrong, then I guess there's not much that you need to prepare. Like yeah, you lived it. Even that's not true because the, a lawyer's, a prosecutor's entire job is to trip you up and, and find something. And if you're not prepared, you say the wrong thing. I mean- yeah, I mean, why would we th think that Trump is going to say the wrong thing? He never says the wrong thing, ever. Never talks about drinking bleach and things like that that could be construed <laughs> right. in other ways. Yeah, so I'm a little worried. So that's a lot about Trump, by the way. We, we really didn't digress this week. We didn't talk that much about just general stuff. I mean, we started talking about L, but we stopped. Uh, did you see the, this video of the trumpet player who plays the, the chauffeur on, in, during L? I, I, I've seen this before. You have? I've seen people, yes. I've seen, like, I think there was a wedding maybe a few years back that was in El, just like right before Rosh Hashanah, and they were like playing the shofar as a, as a regular instrument. Now, personally, I don't like that. I mean, I know there's nothing wrong with it, though. Like, you can't, you know, you can't really frown because there's nothing, like, there's no real problem with it. I just don't like it. But that's just me. Uh, so so I should play a little bit of it so at least our, our listeners know what it sounds like. Uh, this guy, his name is uh, Amit Sofer. Uh, I, I believe he's, he's Israeli. And he's a trumpet player, professional trumpet player. But he does play on the chauffeur during L uh, for the whole month. Uh, here's a little bit of what it sounds like. Okay, how did that make you feel? <laughs> so I, this one I thought was like really respectful. It's like a slow song. It's slichus actually. So okay, like I can, I can, you know, I can do it. But when it comes to like being at a, a chasana and they're playing like I don't know a regular song with a chauffeur just because it's El, like I don't dig that at all. Yeah, I don't know the 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 whole mixing of something that is like so serious, Rosh Hashanah with like you know just like general music it's so incongruous to me you like that word that's the word of the day incongruous <laughs> okay yeah so it wasn't you know it just wasn't it didn't do it for me it didn't do it i i understand what he's trying to do but uh it didn't do it for me but um i mean since we're talking about israel by the way did you see that israel by next year they're saying they're going to be have laser defenses in place now, I, I saw this, but I don't understand it really. Well, first of all, let me just get this out of the way. I, should we really like feed into this Jewish space laser <laughs> thing? That's what it is. Should we, should we be doing that? There will not be an episode where we don't mention Jewish space lasers. There will not be. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene, shout out. Uh, yeah, to me, this is, this is really, really cool. I mean, these are lasers that uh, are going to be used to like take down rockets. Like, instead of shooting missiles at rockets, you just shoot a laser. That's amazing. But they're on Earth, so they're not really space <laughs> yeah. lasers. They're not, well, not yet. But space <laughs> lasers are coming. They're on the way. Oh my well, gosh. she definitely knows something we don't. She's in Congress. <laughs> That's true. Could you imagine, once, they, once Israel gets like a satellite with laser protection, and there are Jewish, actual Jewish space lasers. She's okay. going to be like, I told you all. I told you all. <laughs> We're going to all owe her an apology. <laughs> right there also did you see that there was so there were these marches that went on in israel uh there was a woman's march that took place last thursday and so now uh the right wing is planning a march of brotherhood and this is going to be in bnei Brak, uh and it's going to be like a haredi march and just me imagining the haredi march and what goes on in this haredi march i was giggling to myself why i don't know but i was well, what was the Women's March for? Well, according to the Women's March, it is to protest the ostensible discrimination of women in Israel. So now the Haredim are taking a page out of the Women's March, and they're going to say, hey, we want to be treated fairly. And the truth is, I mean, we've seen we've seen Haredim be discriminated against Quite true. more and more. Quite true. I've spoken about it on this podcast. I was in Israel, uh, and I was discriminated against. I went to get 
ice cream at an ice cream store in a mall. I think I spoke about it before. And the the uh, the guy behind the counter, he just he wouldn't give me the time of day. There were you know, and I'm like, hello. And then I, I turned to my wife. I'm like, what's happening right now? And she points to my head. You know, my yarmulke. I have a big black velvet yarmulke. And so they're assuming I'm Haredi, the way I look, the way I'm dressed. And I'm not sure that qualifies. I mean, if you're not wearing the garb, and you were not wearing the garb. Well, I wasn't wearing a jacket, but I was in, you know, pants or, or shirt, a hat, big or a hat, big black velvet yarmulke. And they were clearly. I mean, the guy made eye contact with me, ignored me, serving other people. Other people came in after me. He was clearly ignoring me. I w- turned around and walked out. I didn't make a scene, but I did walk out. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna patronize this guy. But for me, I, I couldn't believe it because it's it's something you read about, but it's not something that you expect to experience. Well, how did you feel? I mean, you, you, are you going to take part in this march? <laughs> if I were there, I would take part. Look, we, <laughs> we, we showed that video of, the, of the, the young man on the bus that the woman starts yelling at him that he should yeah, go to the army it, and he was in the army. So There's yeah, a lot of it. There, there's definitely a lot. Look. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're going to have a march, we're going to have a march. We'll all march. But I don't know the whole. Like I said before, the whole image of this march, like, like, what is their like rallying cry? Like, what do they want? Like, like, what's their main <laughs> thing that they want? Like, we want X. What is that X? Equality. No, it's got to be more than that because they had technically have equality. Like, wh- what do they want? What do they? You know, what's what's going to be their rallying cry? Like, I, I understand the women's march is saying, look. You know, we come to Nabrock, you know, we get stones thrown at us, we go onto a bus, they want to switch seats. Okay, I hear it. What what are the what do the Haredim want here? You're saying you're saying in Nabrock the Haredim are the patriarchal like white man <laughs> yes. of America. Yes. Right. Like they have all the rights. Right. Whether or not it's true is a different story. I'm not saying whether it's true or not, but I'm saying What's the rallying cry? They're saying it's for Achtas, but like we know that there's a rallying cry. What is that rallying cry? No, no, they'll probably say something like, no more daylight savings time. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, because it messes up Shachars, you know? <laughs> That's the rallying cry? Yeah. And uh, while you add it, uh, throw out all the Sfardim. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, that doesn't make sense because it would be brotherhood. Right. <laughs> Except for the Spartan. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like, I mean, you're in Israel, you're in the Jewish country, you know, like like generally the, the, the country that you're in is following Jewish laws. It's it's a far cry from what we have here in the United States. Not that I'm complaining about the United States, but it, yeah, I mean, you know the feeling. You go to Israel and like everything revolves around Jews. It's a crazy feeling. <laughs> No, it, it, it comes into play because so many things that they would protest in Israel, we wouldn't even open our mouths exactly. in America. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were on a Delta flight and you like if you like you want to daven, like you do it like you're a Murano, like in <laughs> yeah. secret, you, you have a cover on top of you. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Israelis, like when you're on El Al, it's like... This, that's it. The entire plane is a minion. <laughs> that's it. Ladies to the back, please, please. We have to pray. Ladies to the back. <laughs> so it's hundred percent true, right? It's yeah. like we don't like. I would never like. I could never in in America do something like that. Like you can't obviously take over a Delta flight. No. When I have to daven, I take out my phone. I hold my phone to my ear, make it look like I'm talking on the phone. Go to a corner yeah, of the airport. Said this. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a far cry from what we're protesting, and and let's be let's be honest. There's plenty to protest. Uh, listen, we love the country, but there's plenty to protest, especially in New York. Uh, I mean, crime around the country. We've spoken about this in previous episodes. Crime around the country is crazy. By the way, did you see that that crazy subway brawl in the new in, in the New York City subways? Yes, I saw that, and I have to tell you something. Well, first, say say what it is. Well. So it seems that somebody fell asleep on another passenger's uh, shoulder, which, by the way, happens all the time. Has never happened to me. Happens all the time. I have been the sleeper and the sleep upon. <laughs> the sleepy and the sleeper. Yes, correct. I have been both. You know, I and wanted I to, to ask you, you this because I know you always, you're a sleeper. You fall asleep all the time. Yeah, I'll fall asleep anywhere. But, like, I have been shoved like no. I've fallen asleep. I've I, like you know you just lean to the side a little bit, 
and then someone's like boom like and then, like it just shakes you awake and you're like you know there goes that nap but it's <laughs> so but embarrassing it's like so embarrassing more, it, it really is it really is embarrassing because you're not even you don't even have your full faculties you know what i'm saying you're not all there and it's right. like someone's like insulting you not insulting you but just like they're protesting you know your exhaustion and it's it's not <laughs> well, a it's not it's their not, it's not a good exhaustion. situation they're protesting you violating their personal space which is totally okay, understandable I'll, I'll give you that what right, did you I'm, do I'm when, also, when somebody fell asleep on you i allow it i allow the doze <laughs> uh, you're understanding you know what i'm empathetic because i know that if that was me i would want someone to give me their shoulder just and it, we're wow. not talking about like he's not snuggling up to me but you know if they're leaning on me and he the guy fell asleep i'll try to be supportive in that way do unto others you're such a you're a sadic <laughs> it's l though also so that's true well this guy fell asleep on him and then the other guy we're not going to show this video because it's it's too graphic he elbows him in the face multiple times the guy gets knocked out unconscious another a friend of his which is really which is really what he was after the whole time <laughs> it's a win-win a <laughs> <laughs> his friend from across the aisle comes rushing the guy and it turns into a whole brawl this is normal new york city now like this is just but, but this is what it is what's funny is is that i can totally see this happening like i could have been in this brawl you know what i mean like because one time you shake the guy off he wakes up he falls back asleep on your on your shoulder you wake him up again that's it the third time he's getting an elbow to the temple <laughs> that's, insane. that's insane it is but this again but it is new york so i don't know does this qualify now for it being uh minophobia the new york city subway system well, no, oh, no this I think should we, be, we did that. We spoke about that in the past, right? It should be my new phobia because I'm a sleeper. You don't sleep on subways. Right. I will feel like if it's more than three stops, I'm out. It's crazy. Well, you're worried about someone's going to steal like your stuff. I secure my stuff. I put my phone deep in my pocket. What <laughs> else is there? <laughs> I don't know. You have a bag? Yeah. Yeah. I usually, you know, it's clutched. Okay. Well, so I, I don't think this could be our phobia because we've, we've spoken about it in the past. But, and we've also spoken about this in the past, we talk about flying a lot, um, but this did come up. Uh, federal authorities have been probing roughly 5,000 pilots suspected of withholding major health issues that could imperil their ability to, to fly safely. A new report says. Can you, can you clarify all this for me? There are 5,000 pilots, you say, that are hiding medical conditions that make them ineligible to fly planes yes so you, there's two ways you could look at this right so a lot of them they, they had this information because i don't know if it's five thousand pilots or five thousand cases it does say pilots but i i, I kind of think it was more like cases so a lot of these pilots are former military right so they had flown in the military and so they have records from the va and the v based on that those military records they may be earning benefits for certain disabilities or conditions and those conditions would be deal breakers for them as pilots but they hide them and don't report them so that they could continue to fly now a guy like me reads a story like so a guy like you reads a story like that and you go yeah so these guys are obviously milking the system they're trying to get free money from the government a guy like or, me looks at it <laughs> or they're all nursing some ptsd and at any point during your flight your uh Passenger aircraft could turn into a fighter jet, and exactly. that's terrifying. Exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm not looking for him to make maneuvers. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I don't want to be maneuvered in midair. That that is exactly my point. I don't need that. I have enough to worry about. Can you imagine walking into the into the cockpit and all of a sudden the pilot is in another world <laughs> and in his mind? He's being attacked by Japanese fighter pilots. Japanese. World War II? <laughs> How old is this pilot? He's like 97. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Next thing you know, he hooks a right and all the luggage comes down on your head. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's so, got time for that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yet another thing to add to my list. But no, if we're going to pick the, the phobia of the week, it's it's this. And this is being reported by all the news, the news uh, media. Doctors in Australia removed a three-inch parasitic worm from a woman's brain the first time ever in history. Well, how did it get there? 
that's the crazy part. This parasite comes, it, it's, it's actually a python parasite. So what it does is it infects a mammal, hoping that the python will eat this mammal. Then it actually incubates inside the python and comes out in the python's eggs. This parasite should not affect humans, but for the first time it did, and they were able to retrieve it alive, which Wait is Wait a second. Is this woman eating python eggs for breakfast? <laughs> no. No, I need to know. No, so so how did it get into her body? That's the crazy part. They said that it could have, it most likely came from grass. So she had picked some grass in Australia, and it, it must have been that there was, you know, python waste and she actually cooked and ate the grass also. So they said it could have come just from stop, her touching stop. the grass wait, wait, or wait. from eating the grass. Wait a second. Maybe if you're eating grass, you might deserve a python parasite. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hear where you're coming from, but that's dark. And that's a little mean. Hey, what is it? It's mean? Yeah. You're eating grass? Maybe Why she's are you making eating grass? Some, maybe she's making some kind of tea, right? No, no, no. If she heated, if she heated the grass to a temperature that would kill bacteria, we wouldn't be in this predicament, would we? Or would we? Who knows? We don't know what 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 this thing is capable of withstanding. But the worst part is, is I mean, it was in the grass, right? But really, the only thing that could have left it would be python feces. So yeah, there's that. Always a heartwarming thought. <laughs> so either way. This is now our new phobia, is that these animal parasites are now affecting humans. Not fun. Yeah, but I think if you stay away from grass, trees, leaves, I mean, as food, then I think you might be okay. Okay, let's hope you're right. So let's jump to, uh, to world news for a second. We didn't really talk about world news. There's a lot happened. So first of all, India. India landed on the moon. Oh, congratulations on Mazel Tov. <laughs> That's a pretty big Mazel Tov. So, yeah, it's a big deal. They landed on the south pole of the moon. They, they had a lunar lander, no humans, but they had a lunar lander. And we know they landed on the moon because they released a video of it. And I'm sure you now, saw the video. Wait a second. This, just, just to make things, you know, put things into context, Russia just had one of their moon landings kiboshed because it crashed right we mentioned that on right? last week's episode exactly so this makes india's feet all the more impressive that's right but you saw i'm i'm, I'm assuming you saw the video of the uh, lunar lander landing right no i didn't see it can we look at it can we watch this together yes here it is so you can watch it and i'll narrate over it so uh in the video you know, you see, I guess, control center of, uh, of India and there's cheering and there's a video which seems to be like from the, from an outside view of this uh, capsule-like thing that's landing on the moon. Obviously, we'll include this in the WhatsApp. And obviously, the first question you have is, well, who's taking this video, right? That's question number one. But question number two, and I'm sure you have this question. Wait a second. I'm watching this. And President Modi looks very proud, right? Yes. But but then it goes. Then I see the lunar lander, and this is this looks like a cartoon. <laughs> yes. This is not real. Yes, yes. And then the people are cheering like they like something occurred, but it looks like nothing nothing happened. Yeah, because yeah, absolutely correct. So is this real? This doesn't look real. So the. Uh, We've spoken about the moon conspiracy theorist. We debunked that conspiracy theory that we never landed on the moon. But if I were a moon conspiracy theorist, I would look at this video and be like, yeah, yeah, they didn't land on the moon. Well, I'm, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm thinking if I was an Indian citizen, I would suddenly become one. <laughs> Rakesh, there's no way they'd land on the moon. That's not a lunar lander. <laughs> India, for their part, they are saying that they they admit that that video is not actual footage and that it's actually an animation meant to show what was going on. And in their defense, they did finally release video of the, the lander as it was going down. Um, you, you don't see much. All you see is basically the moon's surface getting closer 
And uh, so we have to assume they actually did it. But that that video that okay. went viral, yeah, that was that was did not look like, <laughs> and it was not. It did not look because it wasn't. Right. Because it wasn't. But at least they did land on the moon, so we can confirm that. Congratulations, India. Yes. The question is, now that India has landed on the moon, what's next for India? Because <laughs> they've done it now. You know, they've done it. They landed on the moon. Where do they go from here? I don't know, but, you know, it could be Venus. Why? Because Mars is already taken. By Musk? Yeah. And not only that, we've been there. Like, isn't India tired of being like third to everything? Okay. Right? So if they just try to shoot for Venus... I think that they could make some real headway. Interesting. Interesting. Problem is, it's probably pretty hot there. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's a million degrees. But there oh, was... Actually, the uh, the co-founder of OceanGate, those are the guys that, that made the uh, the Titan submersible that uh, imploded. He actually recently came out and said that he's working on a plan to get people living on Venus by 2050. Yeah. I don't know how many customers he's going to get after this latest... Uh... <laughs> exactly. Submersible failure. What's he going to say? No, no, no. Trust me. We got this. <laughs> we got it this time. We're okay this time. Also, we couldn't take you seven miles underwater, but we can take you seven million miles to Venus. Right. And by the way, since it, the, the surface of Venus is, is way too hot, you would have to live like in the uh, upper atmosphere of Venus, like in the clouds. But he's got this all figured out. Don't ask me how, but he's got it figured out. And I trust him. But but the bigger question is why? Why? Excellent what, question. Who, who wants it? Like, take me to the moon. I would be very satisfied. Why? Why do I got to go to the Venus? moon and now what? I don't know. At least I can see Earth. I can see that, the, you know, the little blue marble from the moon. It would be very cool. If I could go to the moon and come back and talk about it on the podcast, I think we would get millions of hits. So you would take one for the team? <laughs> uh, of course I would. You have okay. a question? Don't go on OceanGate. Anything to do with OceanGate, okay? <laughs> Stargate. I don't know what they're going to call it. Um, and we did mention, you mentioned that Russia tried to get to the moon. That failed. Um, though, as we as we mocked at the time, Putin probably says it was all planned. But um, other big news was Prigozhin. That was the, uh, the head of the, the Wagner uh, mercenary group that almost staged a coup in Russia. Uh, and he got away, and he was theoretically pardoned. But he was on his private jet with 11 other passengers, and that jet crashed. According to U.S. intelligence, they believe it was it happened through a surface-to-air missile. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, when it happened, the only thing I could think of was your take on this podcast of, you know, how is this happening with Prigozhin, and, and none of it makes any sense. And, well, here it is. I guess this is kind of what happens when you try to launch a coup against Putin. That's right. That's right. We knew this was coming. Um, you know, Russia denies that they did it. But, yeah, we kind of know that they did it. This is what happens yeah. when you take on uh, Putin. But, um, interestingly, the United States, we just launched four people into the uh, into space to the space station, four astronauts from four countries. One of those countries was Russia. You, when it comes to space, somehow we all get along. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I just don't I don't get either. It. But like when it comes to like the Soyuz, even during the Cold War, like like astronauts and and what's their word for astronauts? Cosmonauts. Um, cosmonauts. Cosmonauts. Yeah, they always get along. Like I feel like in space, like it transcends. I guess literally, well, any machlekes or any you know dispute, space transcends all of it. Like, you have to be friends in space. Well, you just pointed out, by the way, that they didn't go on a Soyuz capsule. That's, that has been, since the retiring of the space shuttle, how United States astronauts were getting into space. This time it was done from SpaceX, so there is that to celebrate, which was really nice. And uh, so four of them were launched into space. And uh, speaking of SpaceX, by the way, I'm sure you saw this one. The United States government is suing SpaceX for hiring discrimination. Really? Yes, but interestingly, they're 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 suing them because they're saying that they are discriminating against refugees and immigrants, people that were granted asylum, not necessarily U.S. citizens. SpaceX says that they're doing what everybody else does, and they ask for green cards, etc. And obviously, the first thing that came to my mind was Raboshkin. What? Why? 
Why? Oh, because green cards and immigration statuses. Right. Interesting. Right. But he went to jail for for allegedly. Well, the whole thing started because he was allegedly employing illegal immigrants. Now they're suing him for not including enough immigrants who potentially could be illegal. They're suing Musk. You mean exactly and SpaceX? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, isn't SpaceX one of NASA's only outside contractors for space? Yes, correct. It's like they they don't have another option. That's right. And I mean, yet you're Russia. suing them? <laughs> Go to Russia. Like how, like how insane is that? How insane is it that you this is, this is the hand that feeds you and you're biting it? Yes, that's right. Well, I mean, look, they do, they do pay SpaceX a, a, an exorbitant amount of money for this. Yeah, like- but SpaceX has all that infrastructure that was created for NASA, right? Yes. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve a, a need, to address a need that NASA has, that the United States government has. And now you coming and suing me because you don't like the, how, my hiring practices? I think I find it bizarre. Yeah. No Hakar type. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming out of Japan. So you remember the Fu- Fukushima nuclear Disaster. plant? Disaster? Yes. Remember 2011, yep. So sure. there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with um, the water and the release of polluted water and uh, Japan saying that they couldn't clean all the water, but so they filtered it out and then they they uh, they did some bittle. <laughs> they said that since they couldn't completely fil- filter it, they were mavatling the water and making it safe to drink. And this... <laughs> China's flipping out. I had to call in the ma- the major <laughs> Japanese poiskim to get to to get a din of bittel on the water that had nuclear waste in it. There was a big discussion. You don't have sixty times. You need sixty times to get a bittel. They don't play around in Japan. They do not. They do not. <laughs> so uh, so the U.S. ambassador to Japan he said in an interview that to show that the water was actually safe, he's going to eat seafood from Fukushima to prove that it's safe. And by the way, do you know who the U.S. ambassador to Japan is? Who is it? It's Rahm Emanuel, a Jew. Really? I think he's even orthodox, he, right? He was Obama's chief of staff. Yes. What? what and the mayor of, of Chicago. He was the mayor of Chicago, yes. Yes, yep. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. Even if you eat some nuclear seafood like we may not know until like five years from now when you grow a third eye in the back of your head (laughs) you know what i'm saying right so i'm not really comforted until you know what i'm saying until i can see that he does not have a third arm or any other appendage that doesn't belong (laughs) doesn't belong yeah yeah i agree okay i'm moving on to thailand a 60 year old man woke up and he found a python wrapped around his leg he couldn't get it off. He was struggling. He finally got it to let go by biting the python. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I'd be able to like sh- stretch, like first thing in the morning, <laughs> stretch down to your leg and bite a python. Like what's it like waking up to a snake wrapped around your leg? I imagine it was cutting off some circulation. I mean, but not just a snake. You... This is a, one of the world's largest snakes, extremely dangerous. The question is, how do you get your mouth down to your leg? <laughs> Maybe he was like a, you know, like a, a monk that, you know, those guys, they could do all these, you know, stretching. They're very flexible. Very flexible. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I can't even get my phone to open the first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? Because I have that morning face. Yes. And my phone is like, who are you? <laughs> it doesn't know me until I like, you know, snap out of morning face. A hundred percent. When the day starts that way. What does the rest of the day look like? <laughs> I'll tell you, it only gets better. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to go. It's up. <laughs> like, you know, you get, to, you get to the office and there's no milk for your coffee. Dude, right. I just bit a python. <laughs> Nothing is bringing me down. Exactly. The rest of the day is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And, then, and, and you have a story. You have a story for the ages. Yes. You know, it, w- when when extreme things like this happen, it puts everything else into perspective. And uh, yeah, the funniest part of this article was the last line. So it says, although McLaughlin was fortunate to escape the snake's grasp, experts warn against handling such creatures without proper knowledge and experience. Because when I read this article, I was like, hey, 
I'm going to try biting a python. <laughs> well, if he bit it, I can certainly play with one in the grass. Maybe that's what they're thinking. It's insane. Yeah, it is a little crazy. In other reptile news, this one close at home in Mississippi, hunters caught a massive 800-pound, 14-foot-long gator. So the 14 feet impresses me, but I feel like 800 pounds is not that impressive. Okay, did you look at the picture? I saw the picture. It looks insane. It's insane. It's terrifying. I always felt like alligators weigh a thousand pounds. So, you know, seeing 800 was a little bit of a letdown, but now I know what to expect from reptiles. Did you grow up with your parents like telling you that there were alligators living in the sewers of New York? Or was that just me? No. That was just you. That was just me? <laughs> no. No. At best, they told me about some type of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> So we actually did cover this on the cast before. If you remember, they did find like a baby alligator, like somewhere in the sewer. But I did do research just now. And uh, the sewer alligator in New York City is a urban legend that started in the 1920s and early 1930s. It's a legend. And you're telling me it's still going? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help when they find a baby alligator. Yes, I do remember the alligators in the sewer, but at least they weren't. 800 pounds. <laughs> That's correct. But speaking about 800 pounds, have you seen the articles about Ozempic that are coming out? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Ozempic is a hot topic. Uh, Ozempic is rewriting everything we know about weight loss and obesity. And according to some of the new studies that are coming out, so I read this whole article about how Ozempic is showing that obesity is not a choice. It all has to do with the brain. And like, just not to get too scientific, to put it very simply, the article was basically saying that the brain in every human, it has basically a number, an amount of fat that it wants your body to have. And this in the brain, this enzyme or whatever it was in the brain, let's say it tells you you need, you know, let's say 100 pounds of fat, right? So let's say a person weighs 200 pounds, 100 pounds of it is fat. It has that in your brain. So it will tell you to continue eating and continue eating so that it can reach that number. And Ozempic and the others like it are basically just rewiring the brain to say, no, the number is not 100 pounds, the number is 50 pounds. So now- So wait, 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 wait. You're trying to tell me that I came with factory settings. Yes. <laughs> and that I can't even adjust them. That's right. Unless I have- medical intervention yes. like ozempic yes yes now that doesn't mean that you can't lose weight obviously it doesn't mean that but it does yeah, but mean you're gonna feel deprived you're yes. gonna feel deprived your body won't feel right because it wants that fat number welcome to my life <laughs> this is my i don't know life. i don't know if that's your situation you like to eat that because of this enzyme i and need the ozempic how can I confirm this on Google? Like, I don't even know what to search at this point. <laughs> well, you think I'm making it all up? I, it's, is, it, is it impossible? It's not impossible. It would it's excuse It's not impossible. Me. Exactly. But this also would mean that I should be able to lose weight using hypnosis. Uh, I hear where you're uh -huh. going with this, but that assumes that hypnosis is a real thing. And scientifically, science itself doesn't claim that hypnosis is a real thing. What about like DNA programming? Like, can we reprogram? We've spoken some about some of the this. factory We've settings. We've spoken about this before. No, you cannot. That's not even a possibility, huh? No, sorry. Like, I feel like gene splicing, and like, I feel like there's all these words out there that can maybe make a difference. No, no. So basically, somebody, whatever your factory setting is, you're going to be on that unless you are torturing yourself. Yes. And th doesn't that explain so much? Because they tell you, you know, well, why don't you just eat less? Or why don't you exercise more? We know that if you exercise more, that makes you even hungrier. So now you're exercising, you're even hungrier, and then you're not eating as much as your brain. Your brain's saying, you got to eat more, you're hungry. Yeah, but so again, if you stuff yourself with celery, it's way better than if you stuff yourself with cake. Yeah, but... The problem is, is that your body, your body's not dumb. Your body knows that the <laughs> celery's not giving you what you need. But the cake is. Yes, because it, it gives you Come fat. Come on, it gives you fat. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not so happy about this new finding. 
Why? It's almost <laughs> like because you're putting people in a box. It's like you can't be what you're not supposed to be. And then also, how no, do you, you account can. for people? You can. Let, let's I put it you can. I know, I know. But you're going to be living a life of deprivation. Yes, but you know what? I could say it. you want to get spiritual. It is L. It's another Nisayan, right? You have to deny something that feels good right now for something that is going to be good for you in the long term. And that's the essence of, of everything we do, right? Not to, not to take the thing that's right in front of you that feels good right now. Like, a, you know, it's almost anything is like that. You know, the cake tastes good right now, but it's not going to be good for you later. And it doesn't have to be weight, by the way. It could just be health. You know, don't eat that pastrami sandwich. It tastes good, but you know that it's not healthy. Yeah, you can go on and on with examples. Right. Lashanara, I know you want to speak it. <laughs> You're going to enjoy saying it. Not You're reading my mind right now. <laughs> Who are you thinking about? Go say it. <laughs> Maybe after L. <laughs> nice. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number. So friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303. And of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. We have a great episode coming up for you. This is... Sorry. I said it wrong. Not a good way to start. And we're live. This is Kiddish Club pod, pod, Podcast. Beep. Last chance. And then I take it again. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm going to produce. I'm going to treat you like a producer. <laughs> but uh, but, that, but that's a lot about Trump. Let's let's just move on a little bit, talk a little bit about what's going on um, out of, out outside the world. Uh, I mean, outside the world, outside the world. Listen, I, I got it covered. What are you doing? Are you talking to me? No, there's a fly. Oh, I thought you were trying to tell me something. <laughs> right. They are not our brothers. He's <laughs> <laughs> not my brother. Maybe, maybe your brother. <laughs> and this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.